gremlins in a trench coat. Okay. <laughs> I know. Cool. I'm terribly sorry, but that's a reference to an episode of Life's a Pitch I listened to today. <laughs> what? What? Yep. That was it's a, <laughs> that was an episode. I think it was one of my episodes. I think it was the deleted scenes, and it was called like Gremlin Detective Agency or something. And <laughs> and it was about, and, and we say in it that like we like the idea of there being three gremlins in a trench coat pretending to be a private agent, a private eye. But then I say, well, yeah, that's a good image, but it can't carry the whole film. So they've got to have individual little trench coats. <laughs> And we met. That's the weirdest thing. And someone said, "Yes, they can. <laughs> yes, they can." Apparently, yeah. Shut, shut up, Dave. Yes, they can. <laughs> Apparently, so that's me told, isn't it? <laughs> and if it isn't a reference to that episode of Life's a Pitch, then that's weird, isn't it? What a coincidence! <laughs> yeah, okay. I'm, I'm guessing it's not because I, I'm, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure I've spoken to Bobby Anderson. I'm pretty sure he's not listened to that episode. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, I was going to say, the thing that I was most taken aback by by that situation was that anyone listens to the podcast. So, <laughs> I know. Um, it's, uh, well, I was trying to get yeah. in the mood, so I thought I'd put on an episode that I'd already been in to remind myself of, I don't know, the mood. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> the vibe. Mm. Uh, well, what, the life's what? a pitch uh, mental state yeah. you need to be in. What kind of mood does three grams and a trench coat put us into then? <laughs> I I feel like we've got to forget the movie version of Gremlins here. Okay. Yeah. We've yeah. got to forget. Oh, so, that so is this Gremlin as in? Because wasn't okay. I don't know what the origin of the word Gremlin is, and if it means like goblin type thing the way we think of it now, or if that's mm. maybe the effect that the movie had. As I understand it, it used to mean like a bug in the system of planes and stuff that wasn't it that RAF pilots oh. used to say like oh I've got a gremlin in my ship if if in my ship in my plane if it just wasn't working very well or something interesting I didn't know I, I well, that, I, might, I, I, that I, might be totally wrong I just seem to remember that that was that was a word for that in which case we cut to Heathrow <laughs> well but the gremlins aren't in a plane they're in a tr trench coat something's wrong with well, this trench coat oh, do you know where Three they wore things. trench coats where in world war one right. when the first planes were used to, for warfare so there's a so yeah. there is a pilot in world war one but there's three things wrong with this trench coat what are those things <laughs> and they're unexplainable they're unexplainable <laughs> mysteries that are wrong with his trench coat <laughs> well I think I think that, that maybe um, uh, this pilot is wait did, did uh, the pilots wear did pilots wear trench coats or was that just the guys in the trenches I feel like it was the uh, guys in the trenches that's probably yeah, where they probably have like a flight coat. jacket or something wouldn't you but yeah, but yeah I, I, I'll, I'll tell you what here, okay here, here it is okay. Ace Pilot, yeah. right? They're on the. Of course, it's World War One, so it's the biplane. Is that right? his name as well? Mm. Ace Pilot, and he happens yeah, to Ace be Pilot. an Ace Pilot, played by Danny Dyer. <laughs> Ace Pilot oh. is uh, is is fighting in the is 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 being uh, awarded all the awards and, yeah. and all the medals you can get for flying around and dropping. I'm looking about mustard gas or whatever. Uh, <laughs> that's that's how Danny Dyer refers to it as well. It's like, oh, just mucking about. Mucking about. Yeah. I, I did, just I did watch a video a of him referring to these uh, London Nazis back in the day as fascist slags. <laughs> <laughs> well, it makes me think that, like, theoretically, there's so many people in the world, and if we're allowing all of human history as well, there are so many people that eat, like, 
the way that I muck about might be to, I don't know, sit in a chair and like drum with my fingers on a desk and I've then used that in a song before. Well, there, everyone has different ways of mucking about. What if this guy's way of mucking about happens to be like being the perfect fighter pilot in World War One, and like <laughs> luckily for him, World War One came along. <laughs> Otherwise, there would have been some really angry people, just just really angry Frenchmen, uh, talking about like grumbling about the mustard gas that keeps keeps dropping yeah. on random places in the fields, and then just just and also really angry hot air balloon pilots that have this biplane <laughs> yeah. flying around and then them. world war one started and like they were like oh you know who we need <laughs> <laughs> is that guy that mucks about ace pilot yeah <laughs> uh so anyway daddy daddy he's, he's doing that and i think um uh, he's been he's been causing some trouble at home you know dropping random i think Most i think what guess. he does is he drops he drops water bombs on Cal? Uh, he's just so. <laughs> I at home, literally in his house. He's flying around dropping mustard gas. <laughs> <laughs> he's completely immune to yeah. it. Uh, <laughs> he's dropping just jars of mustard on people. Yeah, yeah, dropping jars of mustard out over town centres. But he's, he's got that stuff. A- he's got that. You know that. Um, What's the the Coleman's English mustard? But it's the powder form that you mix yourself. So he's dropping yeah. that, and like the powder's going up, and I was like, ah, oh, I hate this. <laughs> oh, I hate this mustard yeah. gas. Oh. And, uh, and his dad, whose name is Wartime General, goes, wait, I've had an idea. <laughs> <laughs> so right, this film has to involve some tre- gremlins in a trench coat. So I'm going to try and guide it over. There. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> Um, so I think you know war breaks out. They get they send him over. He's doing all this, or he's doing a good job. Um, but uh, like I, I think that you know he gets some leave. He goes and he keeps on pranking because that's his whole yeah. thing as as a pilot. Yeah, and he, but sometimes he, he doesn't um, even know he's pranking. It's just what he does. Yes, yeah. He just he just he just mucks about. Yeah, is what he does. Just mucking about. And he goes into this. Uh, he goes into this French bar. Mm-hmm. Right, and uh, there's a there's a, a hilariously um, stereotypical Frenchman behind the bar. Yes, because uh, we find stereotypes like, hilarious on this show. They're very funny. <laughs> um, <laughs> if if this if if tropes and stereotypes didn't exist, <laughs> this podcast wouldn't exist. Where would we be? <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, so this Frenchman's got a necklace of onions yeah, and, and garlic, garlic yeah. around his neck. <laughs> this is the reference episode. <laughs> <laughs> reference to an older episode of Life's yeah. a Bitch. Oh, I should have yeah. done Another way one. more research into previous episodes than I did. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, uh, he, he says, um, you know, uh, you know we have a... Uh, this, this is a special bar... Uh, for we have a beautiful collection of uh, uh, French pastries and pottery, baguettes. Pot- pottery kettle down in the basement is a museum <laughs> for very, uh, very fragile and beautiful creations of artists that we are keeping safe from the war. Now, I'm not sure if I did I hear you correctly or incorrectly, but it seems as if you just dropped the words buttery kettle into that sentence. <laughs> pottery kettle. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wasn't going to question it, Dave, because I, I, I thought Matt was going but somewhere, and I was like, "Hang those. on, no, wait, wait, no, that that was a weird thing to say." Uh, 
Yeah, they're pottery cattle. Right. Um, but I, I reckon mean, that, that Danny Dyer... That makes total sense. There's a load of pottery <laughs> Danny cattle. Danny like... Ace, Ace Pilot is like, why the fuck do I want to see a buttery kettle? <laughs> you buttery Frenchies kettle. are weird. <laughs> you French slag. <laughs> and he's like, you French I, melt. <laughs> uh, anyway, he goes down into the into the museum and can't help but but prank. Um, and and what he does is he drops a a buttery kettle water bomb on. He drops a buttery kettle on the pottery full of mustard. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Where is this going, guys? Tell me. <laughs> well, the 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 the, 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 uh, the owner is so angry that he he he, he curses him out, and he. Tom, you have to remember uh, that he's setting up the gremlins in a trench coat. Let the man work. <laughs> I, know, I know. I'm I know. doing my best. We spent best, way okay? too long on this honourable mention already. <laughs> that I'm just like, we've got to get to these gremlins in this trench coat. Because... <laughs> we went off in a completely different direction. It's hard. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's uh, like he comes across these three like perfectly formed like pottery um, creatures that have like these these horns on and stuff because uh. they're in this like um, uh, they're they're in this museum for all this this fragile that it's explicitly the museum is fragile uh, <laughs> treasures <laughs> um, that sh- that are shaped like cattle. Yeah. Um, and they're so and, uh, fragile he... that they're kept in the basement unsupervised and people in <laughs> massive trench coats are allowed to just swish around in there. <laughs> and so he yeah, he, he he just pranks it, smashes smashes them, and then he he gets chased out by the Frenchman. Gets in a plane the next time because he's gotta go back to war, uh-huh. right? The plane the ejector seat goes off straight away as <laughs> soon as he gets in. Oh, oh damn it. Right? Oh, Next plane, the propeller, right, starts spinning and then rolls <laughs> off into the like out of the aerodrome and just hits a hits a guy in the face. <laughs> um, like, Shocking. Th- he's become a liability, right? Yeah, everything's going wrong with these planes and they don't know why. But his dad, wartime general, says, <laughs> "You know, you know, you're gonna have to, you're gonna have to come out of that plane." I'm sorry, Ace Pilot. I know, I know you're the best pilot we've got, but you're is, gonna have to go into the trenches. Is is I, I can totally believe Stephen Merchant playing Danny Dyer's dad. <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely. And also that just from the voice, I can tell that he hasn't gone on to become a wartime general. <laughs> That's just his name. It's, he does not. He's, he's actually a farmer in the West yeah, Country, and right? he does That's... not believe in nominative determinism, and his son has rebelled against <laughs> him in that way. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've, my family's not been anywhere near the military since, we, since, <laughs> since, since my granddad, my granddad, granddad. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I, ironically, he was called Granddad, Granddad, and actually, uh, and he comes from a long line of wartime generals. Wartime general and wartime general was his dad's name, and wartime general was his granddad's name, and it's passed down through the family. And actually, if you go back far enough. It's because it's not. <laughs> it's not because it's not because they were farmers. Sorry, it's not because they were generals. It's because they were farmers. It's actually wartime general. It's time to do some farming. <laughs> it's wartime, generally speaking. Off we go to the farm. <laughs> War. <laughs> Um, uh, not that right, it so matters. Where does this fairy tale go, and why is it spooky? <laughs> no. <laughs> 
<laughs> not that it matters but um i think i think what happens is that like he he slowly realizes that um everything's going wrong for him because uh when he was when he was down there at that museum when he smashed these pottery dudes the spirits they came out yeah. and they they started living in his trench coat they lived coat. in his trench coat so the time when his ejector seat went off actually it was the bum bit of his trench coat just sprung <laughs> yes. him off and i don't know what i don't know how it affected the propeller but it did <laughs> They just, yeah, I, I, I don't know, like little, a, 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 its, a little bit of it. One of its uh, buttons pinged off and went in the propeller and it like, <laughs> jag, 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 yeah. jag, jag, and it made it pop off. Yes, it yeah. un, 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 unlatched the, uh, unlatched whatever bolt was holding now, the propeller on. And now, that's two. That's two gremlins and he's figured it out. He knows what's <laughs> happened and now he knows there's one thing left. And next time he gets in a plane, so he never goes in a plane again, even though it's how he mucks about, he loves it. Yeah. But he never gets yeah. in a plane again because he knows the next time he gets in a plane, some bad, terrible disaster is going to happen. And then... So he so he, he goes and signs up with the Kaiser's Air Force. Whoa! Like, well, what I was going to say goes, is yeah. that they he goes into retirement, but because he's the best at his job... They, they're like, no, we need you for one final war-ending job. And he's like, a disaster's going to happen. And they're like, no, we need you. And and so they, you know, he has to do it. And despite the fact that something terrible is going to happen. But actually, yeah, mm. a chap like Danny Dyer, he would go and sign up for the Kaiser, wouldn't he? Yeah. Well, I, we've got three alternate not, uh, By the way, here, because not, I've also not, got not to throw any shade on Danny Dyer. I'm not saying that Danny Dyer would go and sign <laughs> up for the Kaiser's <laughs> army. Right? Don't, don't sue us, Danny Dyer. I'm talking about the, the character that you play would make that decision in yeah, this yeah, situation. Yeah. Okay, carry Danny on, Tom. Uh, Ace Pilot would do yeah. that. Yeah, carry yeah. on, Ace Tom. Pilot. Uh, we've got another ending here because... because <laughs> right, he, he, do, he, he stops... Well, the, the war ends. He's not set foot in a plane since... Oh. He's terrified, yeah. and he's he has to. Well, um, he's basically in a in a sort of local um, local airport place, like near a plane near a plane place. Plane place, yeah. and uh, and and they've ran out of pilots. Uh, this is this is in the thirties now. Oh, um, that's or, a shoddily run mid, plane World War Two kind of time, and it's it's a misty it's a misty night, yeah. and. Um, <laughs> Someone bursts in the bar and goes, We need a pilot to get this big band to France pronto. <laughs> and and, uh, and, it, and we're he's taking like, oh, Glenn well, Miller with us. <laughs> yeah, we're taking Glenn Miller and his big band across gonna, the channel. They're going to play his hit. misty night. They're going to play his hit, Having a Good Time in the War. Having a good time in the war. Very similar to his other big hit. He's been he's been accused of derivative of being derivative with that one, but it's a, what what can you say? It's a big hit. Yeah. And so they they fly up into the mist. We never see him again. It's like the Venger Boys all over again. You know, it's a really similar song, but it does do well. <laughs> There we go. And it turns out that Danny Dyer was free gremlins in a human body. Um, <laughs> if you're happy and you know it, praise the Lord. <laughs> uh, there we yeah. go. Good stuff. Um, so we are. Oh, uh, I, 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 it hurts a little bit to clap your hands in that position. <laughs> we should also try uh, Shine Jesus Shine. Yeah. Um, it's a banger. With, it yeah. is a banger. It's a proper bop, that one. <laughs> Who said that the other day? Uh, was it yeah. Suze? Someone, someone said Shine Jesus Shine is a banger. I just love that tweet. <laughs> because because um, 
and I immediately it was Suze it was Suze Kempner because I immediately uh, DM'd her saying like Suze I've got my dad's cover of Shine Jesus Shine somewhere <laughs> because like when well because it was one of those situations where like you know the local church or some some local religious situation wanted to sing Shine Jesus Shine and they were like oh Martin's got uh, a four track Martin, can you? You've got some keyboards. Can you do us a backing music for it? And he's like, "Yes, I can." He gets out his bass, like he's played properly. You know what I mean? He did a proper arrangement, and uh, I've got it somewhere. And then, but then oh, it's followed wow. up by this odd, dreary tune. Um, again, nothing wrong with the arrangement, but it's like it's just this weird, dreary music. And because it's just the backing, because it's backing music and done by someone who understands music. Yeah. It's not just the tune of the hymn played on anything. It's just the backing music. So it's so like whatever the actual melody of the hymn is that it is, isn't in the recording. So I can't figure out what song it is. So I played it. <laughs> I played it to my parents to like be like, what song is this? And they couldn't figure it out either because it was, <laughs> it was that long ago. So nobody knows. Oh, weird. Oh, man. There are some hymns that are really, really good. <clears throat> and... Uh, I don't know if you can count Shine Jesus Shine as a hymn. Well, that's the thing. That's a that's a cynical American megachurch type song, isn't it? Mm. And th- that's the thing. The other hymns that are good, like the apples are ripe, the plums are red, the broad beans are sleeping in a blankety bed. That's not a hymn. That's just <laughs> that's just a song that some school hymn book came up with once. Lord Lord of the Harvest has a kind of weird, oh. almost. Um, a sweet transvestite kind of really? vibe to it. Yeah. So if you did a cover of it you in that style. You are Lord of the Harvest. Oh, that sounds great. I don't know you that one. You are Lord of the Earth. Dun, dun, <laughs> da, da, da. Yeah, I can imagine that. I, I only remember that bit, but uh, yeah, it's got it's got quite a uh, quite a but classic rock kind of vibe to it. You are Lord of the Whereas your um, your your, what is it? Put put some stuff in my thing. Keep me stuffing. What's keep that all, song? Put them all in my lamp. Keep me burning. Yeah, that's a yeah. banger. If you get that, imagine that in a sort of like you know twenties jazz arrangement. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, a little ragtime. Yeah, that'd be oh, great. Yeah. Imagine that. <laughs> Which is yeah, to, to, to be fair, give that stuffing. I bet put that's what that originally plate. was supposed to sound I like. Say, ah, yeah. broccoli. <laughs> give me. A- <laughs> What? Just a Sunday, yeah, Sunday lunch, isn't to it? To be fair, that's a very American thing, isn't it? You, you can imagine the sort of... It's a very now. sort of like revolution era, sort of civil war era kind of fiddle. It's got a bit of a Yankee yeah, Doodle kind of... situation going on there, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. That'd be great. Uh, that would, yeah. Like I'm not even making fun. That would be a good song that I would want to listen to. <laughs> <laughs> or uh, yeah, it's like it's, it's got a similar thing. as like coming around the mountain, right? Like it's kind yeah. of yeah. got that. Yeah, well, that, coming around the mountain, you've got to get your banjos out for that. Oh yeah, mm. that's some hillbilly banjo coming around. If the you mountain, can't maybe. yeehaw to coming around the mountain, you've done you, a, you've done a wrong arrangement of coming around. You the know mountain. what? I actually have a tape somewhere of me and my... <laughs> I'd forgotten this. Somewhere, I've got a tape of me and my A-level friends. And what it is... <laughs> okay, what this tape is, is that I've got my little tape recorder and we're just passing it around in A-level. And um, that's what I used to do. And uh, 
two sensible girls that were friends with us are having a sensible conversation about something deep and important and it it, it might be like bible study or something like that it's something something like intellectual and then you gradually just start to hear that in the background we are singing she'll be coming around the mountain in hillbilly voices and we are going yeah <laughs> and they, they just gradually get drowned out by us this wasn't a sketch this is just a thing that happened i'll have to see if i can find it <laughs> you can include it in the podcast yeah like plasma and oxygen Hemoglobin? No, because that comes in after the lungs. Becky, give me glasses back. It is hemoglobin. After it's been through the lungs, it's oxyhemoglobin, yeah? Shall we come in round the mountain when she comes? Shall we come in round the mountain when she comes? Shall we come in round the mountain when she comes? Shall we come in round the mountain when she comes? Shall we come in round the mountain when she comes? Shall we come in round the mountain? Come in round the mountain. Come in round the mountain when she comes. Boing! Why were you recording? That is just what I used to do. I used to have a tape recorder. And somehow, and I don't understand how, it, I just, everyone got used to it. And so everyone got into it. And we all just started making tapes from, and I'm talking about from the age of like 11 when I got this tape recorder, all the way through to leaving school at 18 Man. without without yeah. stopping. There was I was always just like doing tapes i feel like i wasted my childhood like i <laughs> had a tape recorder but i was always i was obsessed with the idea that i could and this is like this is early anxiety definitely yeah. uh, obsessed with the idea that i could tape over something important mm, yeah so i never wanted to press the record button because it was permanent and you couldn't you couldn't take that back well and i so get I, that I do understand that. That's what blank tapes, though, are invented for. Never had any. Yeah. Didn't never ne was never yeah. given any. Never sort of like had access to them. So you or... were given a tape recorder, but because, no tapes because, because it could play tapes. Oh, it, it was a tape player. Got yes, you. but it had a recorder element to it, right? Mm. Like it wasn't right, a small yeah. handheld uh, mm. tape recorder. It was a tape player that had a speaker in it and also a microphone that slotted yes, into the top. That, that, that's that, wait, that's what mine had. Was yours? Maybe it was the same one. Was this like because mine was a little Walkman? Was it a little Walkman? I don't know. Oh, see, mine uh, was my first one was a Walkman, but it had I want to say two speakers, but it might have just been one speaker, probably one speaker on the back. And yeah, a little microphone, just a little nugget, a little little box mm. of microphone that plugged into a, you know, next to the headphone socket, a mic socket. And it okay. was, oh, it was my pride and joy. And it had a full aerial that you could take out because it had radio. If I, oh my goodness. Genuinely, I would buy one, I'd be over on eBay to buy one right now, but they, you can't find them anywhere. <laughs> they were, and also, also, it's not polite anymore to go around taping everyone, which is yeah. weird because it's like, we're all carrying these things now. We can yeah, all record yeah. whenever we want. Yeah, but now it's weird. Yeah, what? What? <laughs> because I think because like we've been shown in modern society how media yeah. can be used against you. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I totally get that with being on a recorded call all day at work. Like I totally mm. totally get that whole thing of like oh everything I say can you will be used against me kind of yeah. that, that kind of uh, just uh, just, kind of just to pause you for a moment we're all recording right at the moment yeah 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 it's an interesting thing to have an anxiety about while we are literally recording ourselves <laughs> yeah. on <laughs> purpose, broadcast yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, but yeah, speaking of uh, anything you say can uh, can be used against you, we should talk yeah. about some fairy tales. Hey, let's yes. do that. Wee. Yeah. Let's pitch some fairy tale movies. I, can you um, can you remember the last fairy tale movie you saw, Dave? Oh, uh, oh. Well, I mean, yes, because I do a Disney podcast, so it'll be mm. one of those. It'll mm. probably be like depending on what we think counts as fairy tale. I mean, Aladdin, yeah. uh, certainly yeah. certainly Cinderella. Um, so I've seen a lot yeah. of those Disney remakes. Oh, the uh, the yeah, it's 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 interesting trying to the distortion of fairy tales as they come down the Disney path, isn't it? Mm, yeah. Mm. Um, because of course, <laughs> like, I mean, of course, a lot of the grim ones and a lot of the kind of um, original tellings of Cinderella, for instance. I heard a, a Hungarian version of Cinderella, which is absolutely wild. Yeah. She's got two eyes, but her sisters Whoa. have one and three. Oh, okay. Whoa, that is weird. Okay, why? Why? What's that got to do with the story? That's a great question. Um, there's a whole thing where your, her, her sisters um, take, uh, like, her, what is it? Does one her of them nick take... one of the other sisters' eyes, and that's why she's got three? I don't think so. I think they, they, they like take the, that. That's just their natural state of being. It's never addressed wow. why. <laughs> <laughs> that's just the way it is right but between them are. that is the right amount of eyes that is the right amount of eyes between them yeah yeah it's just uh, but also you've got a kind of Goldilocks thing there right where mm. where the one sister has one too few mm. eye yeah. one sister has one too many and then she's got just it's the just right, right amount of eyes <laughs> well <laughs> but there's also there's also a whole thing of like um, uh, I think who is it like she finds a golden like apple or not golden apple but like a special apple mm-hmm. out in the out in the fields and 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 goes and buries it and it's only the the sister that can like reach the apple that that grows from the tree that grows overnight it's bonkers there's loads of stuff to it it's really really weird um but like you look at you think about the Cinderella story told in Disney and a it kind of makes sense um and b um, it it's had all of that cultural stuff, yeah. that kind of like uh, fairy tale stuff, stripped away from it. Well, that's the thing about to, to take this seriously for a moment in a bit that isn't very useful for making the life of pitch podcast. But the mm. thing about di- like Disney films based on fairy tales, it, there's there, there's a widespread sort of consternation about how they've Disneyfied it and they take this story and they change it and now that's that's like the pop culture version of it and so mm. they've kind of you know the, the the people think they've ruined the story but that is always and the, and there's certainly argument and a conversation to be had there but whenever it is it's talked off as if it's like well in the original like in the original version and it's like no we haven't got the original version of nearly any fairy tale like <laughs> there's no even such the ones thing. even the ones that we think are authored like your, your grim ones or your hans christian anderson yeah. ones like a lot of those they were just writing down what is already a story that was already a piece of folklore or whatever. And I then, did hear yeah. that, um, that the Grimm brothers, basically what they did, they said they'd been all around Germany, um, to uh-huh. uh, all around the Black Forest, I should say, because it wasn't Germany at the time, um, oh. uh, to, to collect all these stories. Um, but actually what they'd done is got like 75% of their stories from one old woman. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. She's That's incredible. Cool. I want to talk um, to that were, old woman. The Grimm brothers were commissioned to um, uh, to create history for Germany, basically. Like oh wow! Proto-Germany. To to like a to cultural sort of, uh, exactly archive almost. Not yeah. even archive. No, not to yeah. not to document. 
to yeah. uh, take and, do- and and sort of like write down to create a a, a history because because that area those countries weren't were new. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, they, they they hadn't been Germany long. Right. Or they hadn't been proto Germany long. I'm 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 really buttering some history here, so I apologize. But sure. like, they the the point was that they wanted to make legacy to make themselves feel more more legitimate. Therefore, they they commissioned some brothers to go like, here's all the folklore from from us. Right. Huh. Well, I never. Sorry, but you were you were you were saying that uh, essentially it was it was all oral and it was sort of like. Well, um, I mean now now, I, now you've told me that maybe they just made it all up. But like, <laughs> or maybe that maybe that old lady did exist and she made it all up or whatever. I don't know. But um, it's nice to imagine, isn't it, that she she might have. But either way, like <laughs> it's it's very difficult to say the original. Ver- it's not like when it's a book, the book versus the film. Like there are all these different yeah. versions. A lot of the stuff that we like think of as the main, like the a lot of the stuff that we have culturally in our heads as like the things from these stories come from all sorts of different versions of them like panto and stuff yeah and um and that was what that's kind of what disney did they just did american pantos um yeah and it'd be nice if they made some new ones instead of just remaking the old ones now but (laughs) yeah (laughs) remaking the old ones and three-dimensionalizing the villains (laughs) (laughs) because uh that's all they that's all they do and it's somehow they just make it worse yeah i think all the all the Disney, all the live-action Disney films have been inevitably more boring yeah. than the than the animated versions of because it's yep. like everyone doesn't look as animated because it's hard to actually animate a face, an actual human face, like a like a cartoon. So yes. it just completely rips off the fantastical elements of the actual story and and sort of um, what's it uh, heightens the the escapism of it i guess would be uh, uh mm. would be what the animated versions did yeah. like like the lion king everyone in it looks bored mm-hmm. like like lions do yeah but tom in, a, in, in, a in documentary in the original lion king and i don't mean the the disney one i mean the 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 original play um <laughs> everyone in the audience looks bored so um because <laughs> uh, Ham, hamlet is really not that good <laughs> You're lying, but okay. Uh, oh, he's the king uh, of that. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I like the bit where he picks up a skull. Yeah. Uh, apropos of nothing. Good bit. And starts talking to the skull. Um, apropos of the... nothing. That's the thing about Shakespeare. Everyone in his plays just says stuff apropos of nothing. <laughs> it's blank verse. Yeah. It's just... Do you remember that bit when apropos of nothing, he goes to be or not to be, and no one knows what he's all about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no one knows. Yeah, it's exactly. all just lol like, random no stuff. No one asked him to start speaking. He just did. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know when it's, when it's uh, uh, two houses. Yeah. Uh, both are like in, 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 in stature. <laughs> apropos it. of nothing. Totally random. Yeah. Completely yeah. blank stage yeah. and then someone yeah. walks on and says that just says that there's not two houses well depending on the production sometimes they put two houses on the stage <laughs> two two cartoon brick houses they charge at each other across yeah. the stage that's it but they, they, then again that was the, that was a technique adopted by <laughs> filmmakers charge. later on tom remember like for instance apropos of nothing yeah. when george lucas was like a long time ago in a galaxy far far <laughs> apropos of nothing it, it's a fictional story anything can happen 
I once saw a production of Romeo and Juliet where they did put two houses on the stage and that was the set. But, oh, they, they really messed it up, whoever designed the stage. They weren't quite alike in dignity, the two houses. Oh, I couldn't believe it. I could not believe it. One was a bit more dignified than the other one. Yeah. Rubbish, and amateurs. The, the whole way through, everyone in the audience was like, mm, that Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah everyone could, everyone could see through it. People got up and left. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right from the word go. Uh, but yeah, fairy tales, fairy tale movies mm. specifically. Um, yeah. Like we we were trying to think of some to to even put the post out for for for, for, yeah, for the title get, and we <clears> came <throat> across. Um, we came across Pan's Labyrinth, which is, mm. is a fairy tale movie, right? Um, uh, even though it's set on the backdrop of war and all that kind of thing, um, it's got all those. Do you think it's a, it's a requirement of uh, fairy tales to 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 for the viewer not to understand everything? Because that certainly feels like. <laughs> uh, many many fairy tales, right? Yeah. Why is there a fairy godmother? They just exist. Yeah. You know, mm. well, like, you, I mean, you've, I'm afraid you've picked a bad example there because I've done a podcast where I looked into exactly what the point of the fairy godmother was, and uh, uh. again, depending on your version, she's set up earlier where there's a thing where she's like, uh, Cinderella is like, oh, I, I want the f- bring me back the first branch that touches your top hat as you ride away, and it or something, and he brings it back, and then she plants it. And that she plants it on her mother's grave and it grows into a tree and because of her mother's spirit the tree talks to her and that is the oh. the fairy godmother. But then there's the other version of the story in which a fairy godmother does show up, an actual Disney style fairy godmother. And it's like and I didn't fully understand this, so I can't repeat it back exactly, but it's meant to be a parable about the importance of like having godparents and being godly and like you know what i mean like your pet uh, like 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 I, someone that's not got like parental instincts towards you but can guide you in a certain way i but... don't know this is the thing i don't because yeah. i would need to understand a lot more about what the point of godparents was back then to understand why you're browbeating children into ha- having one like i don't think it's a child's yeah. choice whether the... they have one that's the the interesting thing about fairy tales, right? Is that we talk about either the original or this version or the Disney version, yeah. whether whether that's good or bad. But isn't the the point <laughs> of fairy tales in the first place that you have to have context to understand them? Mm. Otherwise, they don't make a great deal of sense. Yeah, they have to like, be they have to be shaped around your current culture to be understood, which is what Disney did. Like, don't get me wrong, there's plenty to criticize Disney about. But uh, I don't know. I think it's a little bit misplaced to be like they changed fairy tales because yeah, everyone does. That's the point of them. Yeah. I've, I've been. It's, I've, it's an oral tradition. Yeah. Uh, to start with, and then it's uh, well, it's like Troy and and the Odyssey back in the day. And data. It's just sort of and like the, the, those. Like I, I'm guessing. I'm guessing the the translated version we have was not like the version that many people got back in those days, right? Yeah. I mean, translation's one thing, right? We don't get the the initial point, but, Mm. like, we can mistranslate because we don't understand the context of Mm. a sentence. Mm. So so we might not be taking into the... Like, it's really difficult to sort of, like, lay out, but um, we might not 
like understand the context of um, like why something was uh, such a difficult decision to make, right? Yeah. And therefore, we might just translate it that they decided to do something yeah. rather than they ummed and ahed about it for, for hours on end, right? Uh, and then it can just feel like fairy tales. People just do things for no reason. Yeah. And part of that is why. Part of that is because we don't understand the context there. Um, well, like, uh, so it- for example, Snow White, culturally, across different cultures, what is, at any given moment, in any given century, the local opinion on a young girl going to live with fi- with seven strange men she's never met? Like, yeah. And, and what, and, and that's, I, I, that's half a joke, but also kind of true, because there'll be cultures where that's totally normal. There'll be cultures yeah. where that's not and like dwarfs what do we mean by that are we talking about are we literally talking about people with dwarfism are we talking about people are we talking about elves uh, you know w- what is it um yeah. i mean it, it's weird on on some university campuses you could have one girl living with seven seven guys yeah that are all nerds and all <laughs> reclusive <laughs> We're not. We're, you're not bringing another deleted. One scenes. of them. One of them could be an exchange student and is asleep all the time. One of them could be an angry internet nerd. Tom, well, we are not talking about Amanda Bynes movies again. Stop it. Stop it. Hello. Just want to say thank you for listening to the Lives of Pitch deleted scenes. We hope you've enjoyed it. If you have, maybe consider sharing it with your friends on social media by word of mouth anywhere really maybe put it onto a a thumb drive and just throw it at someone and maybe even reviewing it on wherever you got it if you find it somewhere on itunes or acast or wherever maybe review it there five stars thumbs up give everyone the heads up like i said before thank you cheers right bye